Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Yale Admissions Office. I'm Hannah, and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Mark. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. Today's episode is going to be about a topic that we hear about a lot this time of year. Yes, we are recording in mid-October, so everyone is currently asking us about Yale's Single Choice Early Action Program. Yeah, so we thought we would do an episode about this to kind of give you just a quick explainer Mm. about what kinds of early programs are out there generally. We'll also talk about our approach to Yale's specific flavor of early program, and then we'll wrap things up by talking a little bit about why early programs make sense for some students and for some colleges. And the big million dollar question, should I apply early and is it going to give me a leg up in Mm -hmm. the process? And I think we should state right out of the gate that Yale's early action program does not give students an advantage in our process. Right. We busted this myth in an earlier episode. We're going to dig in a little bit deeper today and explain why that's a myth at Yale. But we'll also try to explain why it's not really a myth at some other colleges. So we understand why we get this question and why there's an expectation that there might be an advantage. Okay, so early programs generally fall into two categories. You've got early decision and early action. Yeah, those were actually terms on our Lingo Bingo episode. (sighs) Yes, (laughs) yes. This is one of the bits of vocabulary that just is part of the college application process that enters your brain junior year. The distinctions in the nomenclature, decision versus action, they make no sense sort of intuitively, but colleges do use them pretty consistently to mean different things. Yeah, so let's do early decision First, and just as a reminder, this is not what Yale does, but early decision programs are binding. So when you apply, you're actually signing a contract that says, if you admit me through this program, I am coming to your school. There are a couple subcategories of these programs. There might be early decision one and early decision two. And the difference here is really just the timing. So ED2 programs are usually aimed at students who applied early to another school, weren't admitted, and want another chance to apply early again somewhere Mm -hmm. else and are willing to kind of sign on that dotted line. Right. So the most important thing for students to consider with these programs, the binding early decision programs, is that you shouldn't apply to them unless you are absolutely sure you want to attend. Right. Like, don't forget that key piece of this. I think this is a good example of how students can sometimes get ahead of themselves and they prioritize the application and the selection process over the search process. Mm, And they kind of rush into an early decision program or think they have to apply somewhere early because they perceive an advantage around it. And yes, it's true. Many schools, not Yale, but many other schools, look differently at their early decision pools than their regular decision pools. And we'll talk more about why that's the case in a minute. But remember, an offer of admission, even to a great school, even a selective school, it's not worth anything if it's not where you want to go. So like first things first, make sure if you're applying to a school through a binding early decision program that you really, really want to go there. You also, if you're applying somewhere early decision to a binding program, need to be really mindful of financial aid. Mm -hmm. So some schools allow students to get out of ED contracts if their financial aid award is not going to be affordable, but some schools don't. So 
just make sure you're not putting yourself in a position that you don't want to be in when it comes to affordability. Yes, we have come across students who find themselves in just really uncomfortable and unpleasant situations, having signed that early decision contract, been admitted, and then regret that decision mm -hmm. later on in their process. And it's just not a great way to spend your senior year dealing with that kind of thing. So the other version of an early program is early action, and that's what we do at Yale. Early action, or EA, is non-binding. Mm -hmm. So if you're admitted, that's great, congratulations, good for you. But you still get to compare other offers, visit campus, request a review of your financial aid award, submit other applications to other schools later in the process. You're not gonna need to make up your mind and commit until May 1st. Right, so early decision, binding, early action, not binding. Yes. Then there's another <laughs> subcategory of mm. early action programs that's called single choice early action. Another term for the same thing is restrictive early action. Yeah. They mean the same thing. They are, we will admit it right here on the podcast, wildly confusing. Yes. <laughs> they get we're sorry. wrapped up in a lot of legalese. Yes. Apologies. <laughs> so, so let's just go out there and apologize. Yeah. Sorry, folks. <laughs> this is not an, an easy program to wrap your head around. We don't like the nomenclature either. It's what we've got. Mm. Um, Yale has this program. A handful of other highly selective schools uh, do as well. So, okay, let's break down the, the terminology here. This yep. is a restrictive early action program mm -hmm. okay the early action piece means it's non-binding right okay we, we've already established that the second piece though is the restrictive piece and what that means is that there are some rules about where else you can apply early right if you're applying early to yale single choice early action you cannot apply early to any other private u.s institution during any flavor of their early program you can apply to those schools in regular decision, you can apply to public schools at any time, you can apply to schools outside the U.S. at any time, but single choice early action at Yale means that Yale is the only private U.S. institution you're applying to early. You got it. And if you've, that sort of sounds like, uh, you know, terms and conditions on a contract, um, we, we, again, we apologize. This gets into legalese pretty quickly. Um, the last sort of specific note on this is that when we're talking about other early programs, what we are defining that as is a program that's guaranteeing an admissions decision that will be delivered to you, the applicant, before January 1st. Right. So things that fall outside of that would actually be most early decision round two programs. Mm -hmm. These typically uh, notify students uh, later, uh, usually in sort of the middle of January or February. Students are welcome to do that and also apply early action to Yale. It's also fine to apply to a program that is actually not giving you a guaranteed uh, admissions decision date. They're just saying, hey, get your application in. Do that. You can apply to whatever schools you want through regular decision and you can submit your applications whenever you want. This is not a restriction on sort of when you apply to schools. It's a restriction on other early programs. Okay. So let's talk about early action at Yale. Yale's Early action deadline is November 1st, and we will give you a decision around the middle of December. And your decision could be one of three things. You might get accepted, you might be deferred, or you might be denied. Quickly on each one of those, mm -hmm. as we've 
alluded to before, if you are admitted through early action, woohoo, you've just gotten some yeah. good news from Yale. Congrats. But you have not signed anything in blood. You uh, <laughs> still have the option to submit uh, other applications and you will not need to reply to that offer of admission that you've received in December until May 1st, along with everybody else. Mm. Um, you know, we would be delighted if you said, well, of course, I, I want to come to Yale and you let us know right away. But you hold all the cards uh, essentially from mid-December until May 1st in that case. Mm -hmm. Your application might also be denied. And if your application is denied, it means that it's closed. Um, you will not be eligible to apply for admission for that admissions cycle. Your application is closed and we're going to really encourage you if you get that news to use that time between the middle of December and the beginning of January to make sure you are submitting applications to regular decision programs across a good range of selectivity. Yeah. And then the third option there is that your application might be deferred. And what that means is that we see you as a compelling candidate for Yale and we want to consider you in sort of our broader regular decision pool. So we automatically roll your application over and you'll get a final decision at the end of March along with the other regular decision applicants. We read EA applications just like any others. It's the exact same reading process, the exact same collection of committee meetings that you've heard us talk about. It's kind of just all condensed and sort of in miniature and it runs between November 1st and the middle of December. Uh, we even run the review committees like the ones we talked about uh, that we do at the spring at the end of the process. We'll do that whole thing just looking at our EA students as well. Yeah, the only difference is we have a little more flexibility. We have the option mm -hmm. to vote to defer a student. Some schools in their early rounds, they defer almost everyone. Others defer very, very few. Yale falls somewhere in the middle, typically. Um, I will say in recent years, we've been deferring kind of a smaller group of students, even though it's really painful for us to do this. Um, and, but we've, we've actually thought it is a wise thing to be denying more students early. Yeah, and I mean, it's painful because a lot of those students are really academically competitive, but we have been doing this a long time. We know how selective our process is, and we just know when a student is not really going to have a, a chance of admission. And for those who apply early and are rejected, I can understand that it feels like a slap in the face mm -hmm. that you're outright rejected. But as hard as it is, you know at least you have some clear information as yeah. part of your application process. You're not waiting another few months. And we hear a lot of feedback from students and from, uh, especially from their counselors, that they would rather a student be denied outright if there's really no chance than mm -hmm. just kind of deferred and like strung along for another few months. Right, exactly. So full transparency, we struggle with this. It is sometimes really hard for us to deny a student because we worry that it's gonna be perceived as, well, you weren't a realistic candidate and then that might be perceived particularly in a community is like, oh no, students like this shouldn't apply. But it's really kind of not that simple, right? We're trying mm -hmm. to make a, a good sort of a prediction about what will be coming through our regular decision pool. And when we're sort of making this decision about whether to defer or deny a student, we're really asking ourselves, okay, what do we think is gonna be behind curtain number two mm -hmm. when we get tens of thousands of regular decision applicants? And if we have a pretty good sense that even though your application was strong and um, and you know academically competitive, if we just know that it's almost certainly not going to emerge, we will go ahead and deny that student. 
If there's any question though, on really kind of either end, if we say the student is sort of close to being admitted, but we kind of don't know if they're going to stand out when all those other applications come along, mm-hmm. we'll defer. Similarly, if we're saying this looks strong, but we're not quite sure if it's going to merge, but listen, this student might actually stand out depending on what comes in the regular decision pool. A defer is relatively easy for us. You'll sometimes hear a committee say, you know, hey, a defer is cheap. Like yeah. we can kind of punt this decision until later in the spring with the benefit of more context. Yeah. And just a reminder, if you are deferred early action, it means your application is strong. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's some sort of deficit that you need to make up for and submit a whole bunch of extra new materials. It means that your application is strong. We just need a little bit more time. So if you're deferred, your job is done. You do mm-hmm. not need to send anything else to Yale. And one final note for students who are deferred, just because I think this is the most common question we get Mm -hmm. around the end of December and beginning of January is, okay, I'm a deferred applicant. What do I do? Right. And there's really two action items. Uh, The one is required, which is make sure we get your mid-year school report. Yes. So we want to see if you are still enrolled in your senior year of high school, Mm -hmm. that you've uh, been continuing to do well in your classes. So make sure we get some record of your first term, semester, trimester, whatever it is, those first grades that are available, we will want to have those when we're reviewing your application and regular decision. The second piece is optional. If you have new information, essentially like breaking news that's just happened in your life between November 1 when you applied and let's say the middle of February or beginning of March, you can put together one nice, concise application update. Mm -hmm. Use your portal to send it together just to kind of give us the latest and greatest. Um, You don't need to go back into your drawers and essentially say like, what are the things I didn't include in the application (laughs) from five years ago that I should have put in there? Like, I'll just start throwing things at the wall now. Right. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that your life continues to move along. So if there's new awards or accomplishments or a project has, you know, taken on a new dimension since you put that application together in the fall, you can let us know about it. Yeah. So let's talk about our EA applicant pool. We have said that there's no advantage associated with applying early, and it's true, but people still don't believe us when we say that. And we get why. It makes sense. The percentage of EA students who are admitted is higher than the percentage of regular decision students who are Mm -hmm. admitted, right? So that is true, but that is for a couple of reasons that aren't the result of giving those early action students a boost in our process. Right. So I think the key piece to remember here is that you shouldn't think about this as sort of like apples to apples comparison. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I had been in the early pool, my chances of admission, you know, rolling the dice would have been this. And if the same person had been applied through regular decision, rolling the dice, it would have been this. For a whole bunch of reasons, the pools are just different. Yes. The, The simplest thing is that the early action pool, by basically every measure we can think of tends to be stronger. Um, We tend to see applicants who are academically more competitive and also just have sort of put together more complete and and comprehensive and competitive applications. Doesn't mean that all of them are, certainly not, Mm -hmm. but just sort of if you were to pick out any random early action application versus any random regular decision application, the chances that an early action application was sort of strong along the dimensions that matter in our process would be higher for an early action student. Right. And part of this is because our applicants do a pretty good job of sort of self-selecting and identifying that Yale is going to be a really good fit for Mm -hmm. them. Uh, If Yale is their early action school, remember, they're not applying to any other school early action. So there is something about their um, academic profile or the rest of their profile that they've identified as being a really good fit with Yale. And usually people do a pretty good job of identifying that. So that early action pool just tends to be much stronger, whereas in regular decision, we'll get all sorts of applicants who are just kind of tossing in an application to Yale. 
And I think that's well said and sort of a nuanced point. It's not that we are saying, oh, this student has identified Yale as their first choice. They're probably likely to come. So we should mm. admit them because they're demonstrating their preference. Right. Um, it's that that preference is actually revealing something about them that they've done a good reflection and good matchmaking, as you were saying. And uh, we're going to keep coming back to this, right? College admissions is about a fit. And when students have applied early, often they've done really good work in identifying that fit. And we see the same kind of thing in them that they've seen in us. Yes, totally. Um, the early pool also includes most of our recruited athletes. We are definitely going to go in depth about this topic in a future episode. By the time a prospective student athlete receives the support of one of our coaches, they've already gone through a long vetting process. And most of those student athletes who are being recruited are going to apply through our early action mm-hmm. program. One final note here, I like to explain that in my mind, it's actually harder to be admitted to Yale early than it is to be admitted to Yale through regular decision. And I'm, mm. I want to, you know, <laughs> Ooh, dig into explain. this. Yes. Okay. That doesn't mean that you're worse off. Um, it's harder in my mind because it is in our interest to be conservative in that early action round, right? Mm, when right. we're in that admissions committee in early action, we have sort of in the back of our minds the fact that we are going to receive tens of thousands of regular decision applicants. And the last thing that we want to do is to find ourselves in February reading these applications from amazing students in regular decision and thinking, oh, I wish we had 25, 50, 100, 200, you know, more spots available. Yeah. And so if there's any hesitation, um, as we said, that committee will say, hey, a defer is cheap. It's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty easy. So it's, in my mind, actually a kind of higher bar to clear early because we have to be certain that you would be admitted to Yale no matter what comes through our regular decision round. Yes. Yes. So if there's any reason for hesitation, we will go ahead and defer. And we found that our deferred applicants tend to actually do pretty well in the regular decision round. So that's another question we get from students who've been deferred. They say, hey, what are my chances? Mm -hmm. And we've generally found that these students do about as well, or even maybe a little bit better just from a sort of pure numbers standpoint um, in terms of the admissions rate as our regular decision students. So we do find every single year there are you know, dozens of students who are deferred from early action who are admitted in regular decision. We were cautious the first time around, and then at the end of the day, they really did emerge. We kind of hoped that they would, and they did. And then we go ahead and say, sounds great. Um, We're happy to admit you through regular decision. Yeah. And I feel like this is a good point to just remind folks that the goal here of this episode is not to give you insights into like how to best gamify our mm-hmm. process and like figure out what's going to give you your best chances. We're just explaining how this works behind the scenes so you have a better idea of what is really happening when you're deferred and how we are considering students in these two rounds. Speaking of going behind the curtain, let's mm. zoom back out again a little bit and let's go away actually just from Yale's process specifically and talk about early application rounds generally. I don't know if any of our listeners follow the kind of policy discussions and debates. You know, Hannah and I are in this, <laughs> like we go through it year after year after yeah. year. And, uh, you know, so there are, I think, some really good criticisms of early programs that are out there, especially early decision programs. Um, right. So we thought we'd sort of talk a little bit about sort of what the dimensions of this debate are generally and kind of how you and your counselor in particular might kind of want to think about your place in your specific application journey, given just kind of what swirls around in the landscape. 
I think the the biggest argument kind of against an early decision program is that they they really advantage students for whom financial aid isn't necessarily going to be an issue mm-hmm. and students with savvy college counselors who can help them get their apps together early. Yeah, and at many schools, applying early, particularly through early decision, really does give an advantage to students who apply. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is pretty simple. It's not, you know, some like nefarious, like crazy insider scheme. Like, yeah, it's as simple as colleges want to admit students that are likely to attend their schools. Right. I think this sometimes gets lost in the conversation, but it's worth remembering from your perspective as a student, you can apply to lots and lots of colleges and get lots and lots of admissions offers, but you are only going to attend one school. Right. That gets lost sometimes in this. Remember that you are only going to attend one school. Yeah, and and that's kind of the best argument that colleges make in favor of these programs is that they're saying, look, it benefits everyone if students who know they want to attend this school find that out early before they spend their time submitting lots of other applications. It reduces the work for the student. It relieves the burden on other schools mm-hmm. who don't have to you know, read as many applications. And it lets students wrap up this stressful application process early in their senior year and then enjoy the rest of their senior year of high school. Yes. Something that has happened just over the last decades is that students are now able to apply to colleges online. This mm. is great. It's reduced barriers for lots of students and it's been fantastic for folks, particularly you know, from under resourced communities. It's made it a lot easier to apply, which is awesome. It has also, however, contributed to just a large increase in applications, which can create a kind of vicious cycle, right? More and more applications from the same number of students can mean that the rates of admissions go down at all these schools, which actually prompts students to want to submit more and more applications because they kind of perceive it as a a lottery ticket. And well, if I buy more lottery tickets, I'm going to get a higher chance of admission, which drives applications up. And, you know, you can just kind of see how that cycle would sort of play itself out year over year and sort of exacerbate things. Um, Early programs Mm -hmm. are actually kind of a nice bulwark against that uh, vicious cycle. Yeah. And for some colleges, knowing that you will definitely attend their school may make them more likely to offer you admission. And remember that, you know, the process of admissions, like we've talked about before on other episodes, is is about, you know, finding fit and building a class, not about, you know, handing out trophies. All right, so that's our little kind of inside baseball policy landscape. We are only experts on the Yale process, so kind of only take our word for what what we're talking about with Yale (laughs) specifically. Here's our advice to you, though, for how you should think about early programs generally. Mm -hmm. Piece of advice number one, no... You don't need to apply early anywhere to have a good outcome. Mm-hmm. This is this is overblown. Yeah. Um, I think that I've heard this from a lot of folks. Well, I have to apply early somewhere and I've got to figure out which school I'm going to apply early to. And they really get caught up in the gamesmanship and the strategy and the thinking about where your chances are going to be best. And they forget that most important piece of, well, where do I actually want to go? Right. Totally. Another thing to keep in mind is that applying early can give you an advantage some places, but not everywhere. And it's a good thing to go ahead and ask colleges about that point blank. Is Mm -hmm. applying early to your program going to give me an advantage in the process? And then finally, uh, for whom does it make sense to apply early? Mm. This is pretty consistent, I actually think. Yeah. Um, Applying early to a school makes the most sense for students who's identified one school as their top choice throughout their college search process. And they have their application materials ready to go. Mm-hmm. They're feeling good about their, particularly their junior year grades on their transcript. They also 
should be really happy to be finding out from just one college early in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I sort of tell folks, you know, you should be prepared to just be getting one piece of information, even if that piece of information is, as we talked about, not good news. It could be, sorry, the one piece of information you're getting early is you've been denied, or sorry, you've been deferred and you're going to have to wait until regular decisions. So if you fall into that category, you've got one school that's your top choice, you're happy with your application, and as far as just managing your own expectations and information kind of gathering throughout your senior year, you want to hear from that school first, applying early could make a lot of sense. I think that's good advice. Remember, you can always talk to us about this this choice, and we're happy to answer any questions you have about applying early to Yale. And we'll say it again, at Yale, the stakes are not high. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we just talked for 20 minutes about this, yeah. but let's get back to the simple you know, uh, you know, know, fact of this at Yale. The stakes aren't high, and yeah. it's not going to give you an advantage. And if you want to you know, work on those Yale essays for another couple months, go back and listen to our other episodes about what works in the essays and you know, rework those, go ahead and take the time. That's the long and short of it. All right. Thanks to Reed for lending us his office. Thanks to former admissions officer Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. You should check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. If you have comments or an idea for a future episode, drop us a line at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. Thanks for listening.